Today's show is called Manifesto, and we're going to talk about my company, my vision, and how it can help you attain financial freedom in real estate. From rehabbing and construction to luxury properties, Andy Polsky and his team are licensed real estate agents in the state of Minnesota with the brokerage Remax Advantage Plus and can be found online at apgroupmn.com. Now, here's Andy Polsky. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Welcome to the show. With me, as always, is the producer here at Minnesota Podcasting, Marshall Saunders. Hi, Andy. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. So this is your first show. How does it feel? It's really exciting. I've I've been wanting to kind of tell my experiences to a a larger crowd for some time, and I think it's going to be really fun. And we also have Andy Ream here, a good buddy of mine from college. He's He's a contractor. He does a lot of work with us. A lot of work with my clients, um, good color commentator, so he'll be pretty fun to have on the show here. How you doing, Andy? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. The goal of today's show is, you know, we're going to title the show Manifesto, and it's it's going to be kind of a description of my experiences throughout my career in construction, real estate, uh, investing, developing land, and why I've decided to to kind of hang up my my work clubs and, mm-hmm. and the hammer and, and not do the construction. And I constantly have people ask me to do construction projects. I feel I'm better suited to take that experience, hand it off to the contractors that I've worked with in the past, and then build upon that and have, have the whole picture for my clients where I can say, this is what you should do here. I mean, even today I have a crew of painters. Andy has one of his one of his masons going to tuck point a client's house Mm. we're constantly coming in saying okay to get the highest and best value for your home this is what we should do and we we kind of set up all the steps and and just lay everything out for people connect all the dots and then sell their home for top dollar so it's pretty fun to bring that to a podcast and and show people the tools that we work with and how we how we really sell homes for top dollar. So you're saying that you're going to kind of get away from the actual act of doing and kind of uh, moving into more kind of uh, a bigger role where you're bringing it all together and kind of wrapping it all together for a client. So where did you start? Where how how did you get into real estate and how did you get into the construction world? So I I've, I've been kind of involved in construction my whole life. My my dad I grew up he was a tugboat pilot. They oh, yeah. They uh, do marine construction. He retired recently, but they built uh, the high bridge here connecting St. Paul and Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. He built that, and um, we did a lot of remodels, and I just helped him with stuff growing up. And then in college, my sophomore year, I started a painting company. By the time I was done with college, we were doing more commercial projects, restaurants, and in storefronts. Over the years, I started flipping homes, and that kind of developed into a construction management company mm. where I was taking on more like general contractor roles for people. And then I tried to halfway retire when my <laughs> second daughter was born because I, I was so burnt out on construction and working all the time and having employees. And Lou and I actually, my wife Lou, we moved to Brazil. She's from oh, Brazil. Really? And I tried to be a hippie and kind of <laughs> take like three months of beach life. And I went nuts, and that's when I got stir-crazy, and I got into 
land development. Sure. So we bought a big chunk of land on, on Green Lake, about an hour north of here, when we were living in Brazil. So then that started bringing me back. I became a developer, still had the painting business, still was flipping homes, uh, built some new construction, and and everything just kind of blossomed from there. Hmm. And now I think the evolution of my career the last couple of years, I've I've mainly been focused on being an agent, starting to build a team now too, where I can take those tools and, and kind of help other agents bring that whole tool chest to their clients. I see. So you can help other agents as well as people on your team. and Correct. And guys like Andy, I'll, I'll probably refer to Reem as Reem <laughs> a lot in this show to alleviate confusion, but... Andy's um, a super analytical guy, which compliments me well. I, I like to come up with an idea, shoot from the hip, get it done. And he's a great right-hand man to have in my corner because a lot of times I don't have time to be dealing with the construction. I'll just say, Reem, we got to do this. We talk builder language, basically, and mm-hmm. boom, it gets done. So, Andy, Reem, what, what is your history in building? I've been in construction uh, pretty much my whole life. I uh, started in landscape and then um, phased into uh, uh, concrete construction. And, um, you know, in uh, the cold climate, there's uh, a limited season. So we wound up doing all sorts of other projects in the winter to keep busy and have pieced together uh, uh, quite a bit of experience over the years. You know, I call us a self-performing contractor, and so I'm pretty familiar with costs of projects and how much production it takes to to get things done. So Andy uh, Polsky will do the what I call the napkin math, and he'll <laughs> ballpark a $100,000 rehab and, you know, get it within 10%, but that doesn't work for me. I need to, uh, you know, maybe not quite down to the nail, but at least down to the box of nails. Sure. You know, and the 1% rather than the 10%. Yeah, you know, I usually shoot for a 3% margin of error. Nice. So if we're within 3%, that's a tolerable amount. So what kind of projects do you look at? Do you, are, are you from, like, let's go into a, a vacant lot or do you do any teardowns, rehabs, anything like that? Mostly rehabs. and Okay. Um, I've done a couple teardowns, but that's not usually the case. I mean, if you find a parcel of land that's got some acreage or something, that's when you're dealing with the teardowns. But usually we try to find hidden value in, sure. in a home that you say, okay, say the land's worth 200000 the home's worth x amount of dollars but we can turn it around and double the value of the home with like a fifty sixty thousand dollar budget wow that's usually the budget we shoot for this last one we did was north of two hundred thousand dollar budget so mm-hmm. really big project but a five thousand square foot home on three acres how do you source your properties how do you get them yeah that's a really good question marshall I, it's different every time a lot of my stuff is usually stuff that's been sitting on the MLS for a long time. It's, oh, really? It's got an underlying issue, and, and people don't want to deal with it. The hmm. average homeowner gets scared away. Even sometimes the average investor doesn't want to deal with it. Right. And then we'll come in and create this vision and try to stick as close to that vision as you can. But you have to, you really have to have a good idea of what this home's going to be when you're done with it and what you're going to sell it for. Otherwise, you can get lost and, and lose a lot of money real quick, too. So you've got to stick to that. Like I said, this this last one, we put in a lot more money than I originally anticipated, but it, it got to the point where we're ripping out the ceilings now. We're going to raise them up six inches. We're putting drain tile in. But thank God that house had enough square footage and it was in a good enough market that we knew 
instead of trying to sell this home in the 500s again, okay, we can get closer to that three quarter of a million dollar mark. So let's spend the extra 80,000, make it flawless and, and try to hit that mark. So you, you guys are dealing with some pretty high price tag stuff. I mean, a lot of times people uh, talk about their rehabs and they're buying something for fifty to a hundred thousand dollars and they're putting in eighty grand into it and hoping to sell it for two, you're you're talking about much higher uh, value properties. Well I think you had that other one that we did too where it was a uh, you know put twenty or thirty thousand dollars into the kitchen. Yeah. And so I, I it can go certainly go both ways. I think it's uh it's interesting you brought up the big one because for me one of the things that you know haven't been in construction for as long as I have um, I, I see the, the risk in it on a 40 line item project, you know, there's 40 things that can go right and there's hundreds that can go wrong or that are unknown. You know, you don't know what you don't know sometimes when you're getting into them. I think that's kind of sometimes what, or what happened at that big one, but being able to adjust and kind of adjust on the fly is something that becomes critical on, on these projects also. You really do have to be careful because that was a higher end project, but say it was one of the other projects where we do... You know, I bought a house for around 300000 I bought it from a client so they could buy their next home. I bought their house from that. It was on the market for three months, didn't sell. I said, okay, I'll give you this. If They got a really low ball offer, and mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't feel comfortable trying to buy the home at that price, but I saw how far they were going to come down, and, and then that deal actually fell through. And I said, you know what, guys, if you want to move to your next house, they're buying a $610,000 home with me. That's... That's a good commission. I said, you know, I'll buy your home, do a kitchen remodel. A lot of times they'll come in just those older ramblers in the 70s. You blow out the wall between the kitchen and the living room, put in laminate beams, put in a nice island, and it was just cut and dry. And I actually got the people that bought that I met at an open house. I ended up doing the same thing with their house. I didn't buy it from them, but I gave them all the advice, connected all the dots. Andy came in, did some drywall. We sold their house 24 hours after we went on the market with it, and they moved into that home before they closed on it. So it was really a nice hybrid deal, really maintenance-free for them to be able to pick up, move into their new home, sell their other home, and then close on on the new home. That's already all remodeled. On that particular house, if I would have spent $100,000, I would have lost my ass. Uh If you're adding square footage and you're in a good market, you can up your budget a lot. If you're not adding finished square footage, you're sticking with the square footage that's in the current home, but you're making it beautiful, you got to be careful. You can't overspend. Well, I think something just to point out too, and uh, you know, I've worked with a lot of different property people over the years. You know, I've been asked, you know, why don't you get, why don't you do this? And I thought, you know, I, I stay in my lane. Um, to that extent, one of the things that you did on that kitchen, and I've seen this at many of your projects, in fact, pretty much all of them, uh, with the exception of a couple, but there's a, uh, um, a real set plan, uh, going into it. And there's, uh, not a lot of deviation regardless of what the project is. Uh, you've got, um, you know, different fixtures that, that you pretty much use on, on, you know, all of these projects. And there's, there's kind of a method of operation that you have going into it. So you're not going into a place totally blind, uh, without having a, a good plan, even, even if it's just kind of a concept, the same concept applies and, uh, you know, having something, you know, and you've got a real good idea on what you're actually going to get a return on buying a thousand dollar kitchen sink, uh, faucet isn't, isn't, you're not going to get a return on that, but you seem to have the same, 
uh, style that applies, you know, that uh, you see in Parade of Homes and stuff, you found good values on them. And, and that same model goes from one place, transitions nicely from one place to the next. I appreciate you bringing that up because you hit the nail on the head. It's That's what I want to bring to my clients is you're, you're looking at about 15, 16 years of experience of finding really good value in finishes, in materials. And I can point you in a direction. You, you want a light fixture. Here you go. This is... Uh, a modern farmhouse light fixture that I found on Amazon three months ago. I've ordered it 20 times. Right. And you go to any other store, it's going to cost you $600. I found it on Amazon.com for 175 delivered sure. to your door. The electrician puts it up, boom, you're done. Right. So it's those little tricks that you learn along the way that you, you just kind of streamline. It's funny, if Andy asked me what color I'm going to paint something, I look at him like he's nuts. You go, you know. Yeah. Repose gray. Oh, it's it's the bathroom. Okay, Repose sea, gray. sea was, salt. We've deviated. We're putting a little more navy in the kitchens now. And the modern farmhouse is really fun to to play on that with the light fixtures and all white and then black windows. I'm I've done a couple facelifts on homes recently, and that that one that they're tuck pointing right now, we're doing the same thing. That modern farmhouse with all the white and the touches of black is really in. How do you finance these? You know, do you have any special method of financing or do you all do it all in cash? Yeah, that's a good question, too. Uh, they're always different. Again, yeah. um, cash is king. I, unfortunately, I have too many projects to be right, buying right. homes with cash. At any given time, I'll have seven or eight homes going. Right. And they some of them are vacation rentals, too. That's a whole nother gamut we can get into. I've, I've been doing vacation rentals since... Uh, 2012 mm-hmm. and that's wow. a great way to cash flow properties and then essentially flip them when you want to be done with it you right. can make it nice and sell it the best way to finance them obviously cash um bridgewater bank is a pretty amazing bank they're doing a lot of real hybrid stuff with real estate and construction i did some hard money lending before i caught wind of them mm-hmm. and the hard money is is good for someone that doesn't have the best of credit, mm. but you're going to pay through the nose and interest and points. I did a couple deals with Pine Financial, and it was 15%, but yeah. they'd collect three points right off the top. And those that yeah. don't know what three points is, basically 3% of the loan they collect right off the top, which you could do a lot more deals if you're saving money on interest because all of a sudden your margin, say I'm going to make thirty to $40,000 to pay on the construction budget, well, all of a sudden you're down to that thirty, twenty-five thousand. You pay out ten more thousand dollars in interest, you're, you're right. in really rough shape, and right. it wasn't worth it at that point. But Bridgewater is doing – I have a couple guys there that are phenomenal. They're, they're doing deals for me at 5%, 20% down, and then – Five percent interest, one percent sure. origination fee. One of the things too that I've noticed with uh, when you're purchasing, whether you're financing them or you know uh, when you're building them, is you don't get emotionally attached to these projects. Um, yeah. When you find a place, you know if it's not going to make money, you know you walk. If you can't find it for low enough price, I mean, I think that at the end of the day, you know, however it works with the interest and the financing, that's a big part of you know, whether or not a place will even work. Walk me through your process. Let's say the two of you approach a home that you're potentially going to buy and you're going to rehab. What are the first things that you're looking at? I think the first thing I'm looking at is the market. Yeah. And what I can, looking at the square footage, the curb appeal, obviously they don't usually have curb appeal, but 
through the experience, I have a really good vision of, okay, this is where you put your lipstick. This is, okay, mm-hmm. this is a hard cost. It needs a new roof. That That's a hard cost. But you can you can really dress up a property with landscape and paint on the exterior. So just hidden value, I like to call it. You're really looking at a property and you're looking at the bones of it and saying this market's great. I like being in, I'm in the West Metro on Mm -hmm. most of my stuff. I like looking at structural issues. I look for big ticket items on the construction budget. Um, You know, furnaces, utilities, uh, structure the house, like you're saying, the roof, trying to find things that are going to, I mean, I couldn't care less what color paint you put in the place. Um, At the end of the day, paint's going to be the same price per gallon. But to me, you know, foundation issues, whether or not the place is moving around. Um, And then I look for anomalies in the place. That's one of the issues that we found out on the other place was there's some anomalies that we probably should have delved into a little deeper. But when you're looking at buying them quick, I mean, some of that is, uh, you know, there's only so much digging you can actually do. But generally, I look at big ticket items on construction, and I use that to come up with a a reasonable, um, you know, hey, these are the the top five things that a person might need to do structurally. Even if you don't have time to do the work, but you know what you're doing, you can't really get buffaloed and <laughs> you mm-hmm. say, no, no, right. no, we're well, going to we're gonna call somebody else. And I think part of it, too, I mean, just like anything that a person does, I mean, kind of assembling the right team prior to getting getting going. I mean, anytime a person goes at something alone, I don't know anybody who's an actual expert at, at everything. And so, right. you know, having an, uh, some type of a team assembled of some, uh, I guess, kind of for less of a, lack of a better term, trusted advisors makes it makes a big difference. I mean, there's, I don't know enough about plumbing to go in there and look at a place, but there's some stuff I can identify that might look questionable that leads me to think, boy, I should probably call somebody and delve into something a little bit further. So getting back to, you know, kind of the holistic idea that you want to bring to your company, you've got the construction aspect, you've got the team aspect, and your goal is to kind of create a holistic experience, right, for real estate that you can help people no matter what point that they are on their road to building, rehabbing, buying a new home, selling a home, you have this team now that can really handle all the elements. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. I, I like the way you put that. I I refer to myself as a hybrid realtor slash construction expert. Sure. But what I really want to bring to the table is a, a trusted advisor, first and foremost, a businessman that has a sound knowledge of investing in real estate in general, someone you can lean on. I, I get puzzled when when people talk about the realtor they're going to use. Oh, it's my, my cousin's waiter, you know, <laughs> barber. He's, he does it on the side. And it's right. like, would you, would you hire a part-time dentist to, to pull <laughs> your kid's tooth? I, it's just kind of puzzling for me. I think everyone should have a really good realtor. It doesn't have to be me. But if you know a good realtor, a good investor, you should keep them in your back pocket and you should call them as often as you want and get advice on paint colors or what's going to give you a two-to-one return on your investment if you're remodeling your kitchen. Like we've talked about where these people dump $100,000 in their kitchen, they're never going to recoup. But if you do this, this, and this, okay, here's your budget, $50,000, you're going to get a $75,000 return. So mm-hmm. make it the way you want and, and make a sound investment. So I guess if anybody can take anything from this show today, I would say you should find somebody, a realtor that you know that's really good at their craft and rely on them just as much as a financial planner or anyone else because it's real estate is usually your biggest investment. I mean, real estate is a great way to basically have your retirement 
when I got out of college, I was investing in the stock market heavy in like 2007, 2008. I, I got burned yeah, pretty good bad. Timing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've had luck with the real estate timing, yeah, but right. I just learned, you know, I, I like having control of my money and, and being able to be agile and, okay, sell, sell, sell. I'm, I'm going to sell my real estate at maybe a, a little less than I originally anticipated, but I'm not just going to watch the market fall out. Lou and I bought our first vacation rental in 2012, and it, the market was coming back, but it was still, it was a foreclosure. Mm-hmm. I bought it for 247 We put mm-hmm. like $15,000 into it. I tried to sell it, didn't sell right away. It's a lake home. I turned it into a vacation rental. We probably generated between 55000 and $70,000 in revenue from 2012 each year on that property Wow! as a vacation rental. I rented out in the winter to professional snowmobilers. Sure. This year we sold it just because I, again, I'm trying to take some of my irons out of the fire so I can just help clients and focus on that. So we sold it this year for 389 Wow. Wow. So that, I mean, how can you look at that That's investment huge. and say, yeah. oh, I don't want to get a piece of that, you know? Right. That That's what makes business fun for me is just, being able to adapt, stay agile, and just adapt to the situations and what's mm-hmm. happening around you. With the painting business, when I started that, I was a sophomore in college, and within two weeks, I think I was throwing a ragtag group together with with our buddy Pete Johnson. Yeah, the dorms, I remember yeah, that. <laughs> I had a ragtag crew of, of painters in no time, and basically funded my business with a Menards card, bought an airless <laughs> sprayer from Menards, and we landed a school and a big Victorian within a within a few months. So, one one other thing I think to take away from this show that I I'm really fortunate I did that when I was young before you have children and to get sure. into entrepreneurship when you're young you don't have those responsibilities. Right. I would I would encourage anybody young that's thinking about doing it don't be scared of failing there there really is no failing you learn and you you fall on your face and you get up and you wipe off the dirt and you you don't bring that mistake to the next transaction or whatever it's not how many times you fall it's how many times you get back up that's right <laughs> and so what's your vision uh for your team now going forward where are you going to take this we're right on water street and excelsior we just love it we've got Obviously, my wife Lou, she's uh, she's kind of the kingpin of my life and and business, the matriarch of the Polsky family. She keeps me in check. And then we have Anne Marie. She'll be on the show in the future too. Everybody from the team will be coming on in, in future episodes. Sure. Anne Marie's a former Miss Minnesota. She's she's got a lot of drive and a pretty unique story overcoming of a lot of adversity too. And her husband Mick works with us, and mm. Mick. Mick is awesome. He he owns a few liquor stores. They have a portfolio of liquor stores. He's done some developing, so that that complements my experience real well. Mick's got a real nice complement to my skill set. Mm-hmm. So where we see the team going, we we're hoping to be dominating the West Metro here in the next five years. I mean, there's there's some really good realtors out there. We're never going to take all the market share, but. I think we bring something to the table that's completely different than most realtors where we're going to come in and, and do everything that's in your best interest for getting the highest and best value for your home. Yeah, that's that's where we're going to go. I don't I don't 
care to have this huge 30-person right. team. I want it to be more of a team that makes sense, not only for the team, but for the clients, too. I think we're going to wrap up this show at this point, but we're pretty excited about future shows. Um, I actually was on the phone with Gary Quirrell today, who owns Boss Racing, and they have the number one snowcross race in the world, Elias Ischel, and his, his teammate, Aki Filage. They're going to come on the show here in December, so that's going to be really fun. I mean, this guy is blowing up. I think he's only 21. He might be 22 now, and he might be the next Tucker Hibber. He won all of Snowcross last year. And my connection with them is through real estate, actually. They've been renting one of my lake homes that I rent out in the summer to families. They've been renting that for four years now, so they're going to come on the show, and that'll be a pretty fun show. Yeah, we'll talk more about the company and just our vision. Thanks a lot. It was a great show. Thank you, Andy Reen. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This has been Andy Polsky's Guide to Financial Freedom Through Real Estate. Andy and the team at the AP Group of REMAX Advantage Plus bring you, the listener, and their clients a wealth of knowledge and experience in real estate, investing, remodeling, construction, vacation rentals, and developing. They can be reached at 763-639-6522 or online at apgroupmn.com. This podcast was produced by Minnesota Podcasting, who can be found online at mnpodcasting.com. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the individual participants alone and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the AP Group, Remax Advantage Plus, or Minnesota Podcasting. The music on this podcast is used by permission of the artist.